Welcome to the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, where we help you make a meaningful impact in your communities and get accepted to your dream university. Becoming the person that Ivy League schools recruit is more enjoyable and meaningful than you ever imagined. Come find out why. Hello, everyone. Today, we are so excited to have with us one of the most caring and competent people I've ever met. I was fortunate enough to sit in Dr. John Paul Rollert's leadership class while pursuing my master's degree in business management. My classmates from this class and I still keep in touch, and everyone is eagerly looking forward to this podcast, as well as part two, which will go live next week. In about 10 minutes, you'll know what all the excitement is about. John Paul Rollert's teaching is legendary at Harvard. I hope to give you a taste of why he is so respected and appreciated in these two podcast episodes, even though nothing can replace actually sitting in class. Dr. Rollert is respected in law, education, business, and ethics, and a quick Google search will bring up articles he has written for the New York Times, the Atlantic, the Yale Law Journal, to name a few. Look out for his upcoming book about his experience working on the 2008 Barack Obama presidential campaign. A graduate from Harvard College, he earned his law degree at Yale and his PhD from the University of Chicago. Most of all, to me, he is an inspiring teacher, and I feel fortunate to count myself among the students he has taught, both at Harvard and at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. In this first podcast, I will share the last few minutes of my conversation with Dr. Rollert, who prefers to go by John Paul. Next week, in part two, you can hear about his experiences in high school leading up to being accepted to Harvard College, as well as his advice for teenagers today. You won't want to miss that. In this episode, I'm going to cut to the point where I ask John Paul to share with us the concluding message from his leadership class. I am not exaggerating to say that our class, as I'm sure so many before us, spontaneously stood up for a standing ovation when he finished. Everyone was touched, as was evident by the number of people drying their eyes. Please enjoy this message from John Paul Rollard. Beautiful. Well, in, as we kind of wrap up this uh, discussion, which has been so helpful, so, such great advice for high school students, uh, for any parents who are listening in, I think just absolutely brilliant, uh, straight from the horse's mouth, right? Uh, this just fantastic advice, and we really appreciate that. I want to share just personally, on, on a personal note, perhaps you can imagine, uh, I'm speaking to the listener now, you, you can imagine a class where when the teacher finishes teaching, they get a spontaneous standing ovation. Not very common, right? Uh, I bet most listeners listening to this have probably never experienced that. And I can say that I have had that experience where uh, looking around the room, um, I saw tears in students' eyes and uh, a a standing ovation followed what I thought, thought was one of the most moving uh, classes that I've ever been a part of. And that was uh, our, our last class with Dr. Roller. But I also wanted to ask you how you decided on that message. And, and if you could perhaps summarize it, because I think that message really hits the heart of, of what Ivy League Elite is about. The, these camps where we try to help high school students decide that they can live up to that higher version of themselves, that they can be their best selves and make a positive impact on their community. Would you mind, I know this is a tall order to try to summarize mm-hmm. that, uh, that amazing lecture and, and share how that came about, but any thoughts that you have that you could share with the listeners around that and, and just uh, that you know that so many people are so grateful for you and, and for what you've done there? Well, Steve, those are really very kind words and I'm, I'm truly grateful for them. 
uh, as you know, I mean, as any as any person who's ever been in a teaching situation knows, um, it, on the one hand, you obviously as a teacher have to do your homework, you have to prepare, you have to be ready for class, so to speak. Um, but if you don't have in the students uh, a kind of active, enthusiastic, engaged, generous counterpart, doesn't matter how much work you've done. Um, you know, you you could be a great opera singer, but you're singing to an empty opera hall. I had um, a wonderful counterpart in the students who were in our class. And, you know, as I shared with the class, and as you know, it was the first time in 15 years of teaching at Harvard I had ever done an online class. There was a great deal of trepidation for me beforehand, um, but I can't imagine the class having turned out better. Um, I miss it. I miss it. And I miss the conversations that we had a chance to have. So insofar as the class was a success, I mean, certainly I tried to do my part. Um, but it's also a real credit to the wonderful people we gathered, frankly, from around the world for our leadership experience. Um, to your question, uh, a good way of summing it up, I think, is as follows. You know, when you're in the position that, um, Steve, a lot of the students that you're working with are in, and I remember being that age, you are thinking each and every day, uh, how do I get to that next step? How do I notch that next accomplishment? How do I fill my mantle with the next trophy? And that's understandable, right? There are so many things you have yet to accomplish, so many opportunities uh, you're hoping to take advantage of, so many doors you hope to have unlocked to you. And so much of the work that you're doing right now is unlocking those doors, are, is, is making those opportunities truly available to you. And there are certain kind of almost um, professional blinders you put on in that process. Uh, how do I get the grade I need to get? How do I advance in my class? How do I get into the college that I want to get into? How do I make sure I'm accomplished there? How do I get that summer internship? How do I get that next job? And the problem becomes that you could be actually too successful. Um, you could get all of those things. And in the process of getting those things, you might not figure out why you're getting them. And I've seen this myself. I have been very blessed, as Steve mentioned, to go to some wonderful institutions to have had as friends and colleagues, extraordinary people, far smarter than I am in many cases. But in too many cases, I, I've seen a figure that I would describe as the trophy hunter. And the trophy hunter only cares about the trophy. What is the next trophy I'm going to put on my mantelpiece? What is the next thing I want to do that is beyond reproach that no one will question me about? And the problem is, at some point, that ends. Uh, you're at the end of your mantle. You now have to actually do something in the world. And I can recall, I also went to law school, at the very end of law school, having a conversation with a friend who's one of the most accomplished people I know on paper. And I remember at the end of that conversation, it was quite clear he didn't know what to do next because he'd only been thinking about what is the next trophy I need to get? What is the next line on my resume? And to me, there are two dangers in that. On the one hand, the danger is you've worked hard, you've racked up these accomplishments, and you don't know why and for what. It's almost as if you have kind of brought together all these extraordinary tools and now you have no insight into what it is you want to build. And there's something sad and wasteful about that. Why take advantage of the best education that money might be able to buy if you don't put it to any kind of good use? And so on the one hand, I think it's important to have the perspective that we're describing because all the hard work that you're doing is not just to get into some great institution or to get that internship or that job. It's to have impact on the world. That's the morally worthy thing that you can point to at the end of your life that legitimizes 
all the opportunities that have been made available to you. If you've unlocked those doors, and it's not just you unlocking the door, it's something on the other side allowing the door to be unlocked, and you don't put that to good use, to me, morally speaking, that's just a waste. And frankly, I've seen too many people who are too accomplished who simply waste the tools and opportunities that have been given to them. And that's one problem. The second problem is when you find yourself in a position like that, really you're quite vulnerable to popular opinion. What do I need to do that everyone else cares about? What do I need to do that everyone else will see as a prize? As opposed to, what do I need to do because I'm passionate about it, because I care, because I know this is the thing I need to do? If you're always listening to everyone else, you're never thinking for yourself. And then you're vulnerable to other people making decisions for you that, morally speaking, don't allow you to look yourself in the face. There are a lot of people who are very successful who can ask you to do things that you know you ought not to do. But if they're the people awarding the trophies, you might be prepared to do it, as opposed to simply leaving the race altogether. When you know why you're doing what you're doing, not just how, when, and what, but why you're doing it, you not only end up making better decisions, but you're going to put those tools that you're busy building to good work. Don't just get the shiny toolbox with all the tools and have nothing to do with them. Nor do you want to get all those tools together to do work that you should be embarrassed by. The goal is ultimately to bring those tools together to build something great. But the earlier you start thinking in those terms, the end goals to which you're working, the safer you'll be and the happier you'll be. And so my hope, Steve, at the very end of kind of our class together, insofar as we're talking about the tools consistent with leadership, is to get people thinking in those terms, not just of accomplishment, but accomplishment toward what end. John Paul, thank you so much. Um, I, I can't say enough. It's not only brilliant. I, I think that your words are just absolute wisdom and and the exact perspective, that the healthy perspective, the reason why we want to do great things and, and accomplish things is to make a greater impact on the people who need that impact, uh, the world that needs to be a better place because you were a leader here. And certainly my life has been enriched by our class and by my relationship with you. And uh, once again, I want to extend the gratitude from the rest of the class who asked me to share it with you. And thank you so much for taking your time with our listeners today as well. I think this has been one of the most productive podcasts we've ever recorded. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Steve, thank you so much. And it's been a real privilege and an honor to get to speak with your students. So thank you. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.